evil. Sprinkled in these verses, and it's not going to be a verse by verse, but you'll find what I'm going to use today, you'll find sprinkled in these verses nine things. So I'm going to give them to you, and I'll bring in other scriptures, nine things that are sprinkled in these verses that can be found throughout the Word of God that smart dads will learn early on to give their own attention and encourage their their sons and, and daughters to obey. Number one. Smart dads know where to find strength. The smart dad says, and you know the verse, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. A smart dad knows how to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. A smart dad is equipped with the armor of the Lord, and you can find that in places like Ephesians chapter 6. And you, you strengthen yourself, you equip yourself, you ready yourself. And I love what Tom said when he realized there's a basis for what we're talking about, and it's the Word of God. When a father learns how to bear the burdens of life before the Lord, he will be established, strengthened, and settled. First Peter 5. Smart dads know their strength is found in their relationship with the Lord. Number two. Smart dads know where to find wisdom. Now, we all know the verse, but smart dads ought to know where to find wisdom. James said, if you lack wisdom, what are you supposed to do? Read a book. (laughs) Not just any book, God's book, right? Ask of God who gives to all men liberally, freely. He wants to impart it to you, and he doesn't hold back. It will be without reproach. It will be given him, James chapter 1, verse 5. James went on to say in chapter 3 that this wisdom is first pure, then it is peaceable, it is gentle, it is willing to yield, it is full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. James chapter 3. Consider the wisdom that comes from the Word of God for the man who is following the principles of God's Word. Solomon said that children who learn to follow in this wisdom will themselves be a great joy to their fathers, Proverbs 29. Dads, uh, granddads, even uh, boyfriends and husbands and engaged men, Nino back there, uh, every day you're looking for answers to questions and you're trying to solve problems. Uh, that's kind of our characteristic, right? So when your wife asks you, you know, when she shares something with you, men, we jump to the conclusion and we want to solve a problem. And we've learned now, men, right? You've learned that's not what your wife is after. That's just our nature. We just go, we jump to the conclusion. We jump to the, try and solve the problem. She just wants to be heard. But enough of that one. But back to the men, it's kind of our characteristic. Are you familiar with the wisdom of this book? You like solving problems? Get familiar with the Word of God. It will put you far, far ahead in many of life's challenges that you will face. It'll teach you how to treat a lady. It'll teach you how to speak to your boss. It'll teach you how to interact with coworkers. It'll teach you about things like anger and humility, and fairness. It'll show you the path of abundant life, great joy, and a peace that passes all 
the circumstances and the understandings of life. Do you have questions? Men, where do you get your answers? Do you turn to the Word of God to find the wisdom? Smart dads first find wisdom in God's Word. Number three, smart dads know what to do when there is tension. Smart dads know what to do when there is tension. In every circumstance, they know how to be kind. Ephesians chapter 4. They know how to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. When you've got arguments and tension that you're facing at work or home, among the family that, you, that you're trying to raise, learn to be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Husbands, they know how to love their wife, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, Ephesians 5. As fathers, they are to be careful not to provoke their children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, Ephesians chapter 6. So Ephesians 5 and 6, some great chapters. If you find yourself wanting to learn more, go there. How can a father ease tension, especially in the home? By words like kindness, forgiveness, love, godly nurture, discipline. By the way, where do you find these? You find these in Galatians chapter 5. We often call them the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. You'll find them there. That's what a man should be guided by. Those are not sissy principles. Those are not weak principles. Those are strong principles. When you're faced with some of the challenges that you face and you just got kicked in the teeth and you still turn to things like that and you know how to be kind and gentle and forgiving and forbearing, those are the characteristics of God. Men, be strong in the Lord. It doesn't mean you settle all arguments with a commanding voice like you're the loudest voice in the room. It doesn't mean that you lay down the law with an iron fist, but you, you know how to stay calm under the great pressures of life that you may be facing. Men, do you know how to speak calmly? Because it's a gentle response that turns away wrath or anger. Any father who's been at this for very long understands the pressures, and any grandfather knows how difficult it must be for each next generation to trust in the Lord. Number four, smart dads know how to build confidence. Build confidence. And the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children have a place of refuge. Proverbs chapter 14, in the fear of the Lord is a place of refuge. Well, in order for fathers to impart this confidence, they first have to find it themselves. And they have to undertake the single most difficult and important task they have, and that is to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Fathers cannot hope to gain this confidence by trial and error. If you wait until you've got the, the problem and you say, well, I better go to God's Word and try to figure out the solution for that. You're, you're, already, you're already losing the battle. I can guarantee it'll be too late to capture the hearts of the children and the folks in, in the home that you love. Fathers must take great care in everything 
by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind and that through Christ Jesus, Philippians 4. It's not that you're always the best. It's not that you know the best. It's not that you'll never make a mistake, but that you search for God's good intention in your life and on behalf of those that you love. Number five, smart dads know how to handle difficulties. What is your first response in the difficulties of life? What's your first response in the difficulties of life? Hebrews chapter 4, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find help in our time of need. Where do you turn in the difficulties of life? Do you turn first and foremost to the Lord? Do you have an ongoing relationship with the Lord? Do you have a conversation that you can pick up at any moment? And it's not like you're a stranger talking to a strange God that you've never met, but it's someone you're in fellowship with that you know, you're in tune with, and you can turn to them like you would a dear friend, Abba, Father, our Father, which art in heaven, and you speak to him again in the difficulties of life. We must, dads especially, learn to pray. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, Philippians 4. Dads aren't smart because they have all the answers, but because they know where to find the answers, right? This sounds like a television commercial, if you know that one. But we know where to find the answers to the difficult questions of life, and we turn to the Lord. The single most important thing fathers can teach their children in the difficult issues of life is to pray. Have you prayed with your children? When your children are facing difficulties, can you take them by the hand or put your arm around them? You let them know you're praying for them as they go out the door to school or wherever else they may be headed. Dads, teach your children to pray and pray for your children. Number six, smart dads know how to make choices. Smart dads know how to make choices. Now, first of all, you aren't smart enough to always make the right choice, right? You already know that. I think you've, you've been convinced of that enough, but you are often called upon to make some very difficult, important decisions. So there are often times, and I think there is structure, I think there is, there is a scripture, I think there is reason to believe that there are often times that the buck is going to stop with the man. I, I believe that, and I think sometimes that, that the man is, is called upon, leaned upon, to answer some very difficult questions. Guess what is the first step to being a decision maker Kind of tags on to the last one, Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. How many men are trying to work hard to make ends meet and provide for their families and do just a little bit more, but sometimes we lose our family in, in somewhere between having enough and having a little bit more because we didn't put God first. Guess what's the first step to being a decision maker? God being first. Establishing priorities that honor God as the basis for decision making. The decisions in your family may be different than mine. Your conclusions, how you raise your family, the circumstances that you deal with, the habits that you have in life, I get that. So we may have some differences that way, 
But is there an absolute authority in your home? And it's not you, by the way. Is there an absolute authority in your home? He's called your Father, your Heavenly Father. It's God. God and His Word. Establishing Him. If you wait until Sunday morning, men, to say, you know what? Should we go to church? You you want to go to church today? If you knock on your kid's door on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, and you got to be there by 1030 and you wait till Sunday morning, you knock on your kid's door, and you say, hey, do you guys want to go to church today? Guess what their answer is going to be, right? You're not going to be in church very often. You've got to establish God as a priority in your home. Talk to your children about the importance of commitment in marriage before they ever have any, you know, while they're young and still saying, oh, Dad, that's gross. That's when you need to be talking to them about issues of marriage and commitment. So establishing God and His rule in your life. Just be careful. If you say one thing and then your choices do another, guess what lessons your children are learning? Sometimes what you do, dads, speak so loudly that those little ears simply cannot hear what you're saying. What you do sometimes speaks so loudly that those nearest and dearest to you can't, can't even hear what you're saying as you try to say, well, God is first, but your life says something different. When you have a settled conviction and everything is subject to change, then decision-making is a little more than what's convenient in life, and you say, no, this is what's, this is what's important. Because sometimes, fathers... We, we might just, you know, it, it's, it's been tough, it's been difficult, and sometimes you're going to say in your heart, you say, I just don't want to have another fight. And as a result, you take the path of least resistance, and that compromise will stick. It will stick, and it will stay. And what your grandma said is true. Give an inch, what happens in the next generation? They take them a, a mile, Right? Well, if you wait until the heart of the moment to make uh, the right choice, then everyone around you will live in a constant state of unrest, maybe even fear of how dad might react to this next circumstance. Men make wise choices while you still have options. Number seven, smart dads know how to handle or escape, if you will, temptation we know it, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. And God will with that temptation, that circumstance that you're facing right now, He will make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. The way to escape comes from two Greek words. Try to put them together in a mishmash way. I'm no theologian that way, and I just rely on what others have said about it, but you take the words and you put them together, two things you know about temptation. Number one, no temptation is sin until you stop to dwell on it. No temptation is sin until you stop to dwell on it. You can walk away. I like what Martin Luther said. You can't keep the birds from flying overhead, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair, right? So you can't, I mean, you're in a world where so much is going on and you just, you can't avoid everything, but you can keep it from building a nest in your hair, in your brain, in your thoughts. 
number two part of that. No temptation is as unique as you might have thought it to be. Don't be derailed by it. You can escape. You can walk away. Yes, you can. Be careful that you don't justify poor choices by saying, Preacher, I had no other choice. That's probably a clue that you just made a bad choice, or at least in some way a compromised decision. I just, I had no other choice. When the Word of God is clear and a man says to me, and I've had it happen, they, they knock on you know, the preacher's door and, and we have this conversation about right and wrong and I can show them from God's Word, you know, brother, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to show you from God's Word why your decisions are wrong and why this is an issue in your life and why you need to be concerned. And the man responds to me something like this. Well, preacher, in my circumstance, it's different. Oh, really? So in all the men that have ever lived in your life, what God's Word says, for you, it's different. I know you're headed for poor choices in your life. That thing that you're going through is probably not as unique as you may have thought. The condition of your marriage, that's no excuse for adultery. The response of your children, that's no excuse to abuse them. The treatment by your boss, it's no excuse to steal time from him. Temptation comes in many shapes and sizes, and the devil seems to know your size. And he, I promise you, when you get out of this place, you go off on vacation, or you show up to work tomorrow morning, or go home with your family, the devil has a temptation tailor-made for you. He knows where your weaknesses are. Take strength, my friend, in knowing that there is a way of escape that can honor the Lord and keep your family together. Number eight, smart dads know God's love. The fool has said in his heart, Psalm 14, there's no God, right? What has God done for me lately? This sense of anger. Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It may be true, I suppose, that men are not lovers by nature, unless you've you got any Latins here. Maybe we're not lovers by nature. Men are drawn to be victors, right, and conquerors. We want to, we want to climb the mountain. We want to solve the issue. We want to get it done. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I like the sound of that. Just be careful in the battle to remember that your anger, your hatred, your resentment, hatred, says Proverbs 10, only ever stirs up strife. And only love can cover sins or the failures of others. No father, no man, no person can conquer the hateful nature of sin on their own. None are capable of that, Romans 3 tells us. No, not even you. Apart from the love of God, we are eternally lost and condemned by our sin, and that's why I come to number nine, the last. Smart dads know their own need of forgiveness. Smart dads know their own need of forgiveness. If you still think you're perfect, then uh, number one, you're not married. <laughs> 
If, if a man is, uh, my wife's not in here, and I, I don't know if she's listening. She's probably going to hit me up after, after the service today. I say this sometimes, and, and she's like, oh, I know where he's going with that. If a man is in a forest alone, and no woman is there to hear him, and he speaks, is he still wrong? Now, some of you are having to think that one through, and some of you are agreeing, those are the ladies among us, I suppose. But seriously, as in our relationship to God, the more we love Him, the more we understand our own shortcomings, and the more we love our wife and love our children, the more we understand our own imperfections. Smart dads are not perfect. But they understand 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Fathers are no more perfect, no more right than anyone else. We must all ask God for forgiveness or suffer the eternal consequence of sin. Well, people in general, fathers in particular, would spend far less time condemning other people around them if they took time to confess the condition of their own heart before God. I found that the cause of most people's anger and resentment is because they're still blaming other people for their problems. The attitude of being a victim has bled over into fatherhood. It's eroded personal responsibility. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, it says in the King Jimmy, it says, quit like a man. He's saying, basically, shut up, stop making excuses, start acting like a man. 1 Corinthians 16, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. Father's forgiveness always begins with your attitude. Why? Because you can't change the other person. Whether they're a co-worker or a member of your own family, in fact, the other person is less likely to ever change the way you hope they might, so long as you remain stubborn, resentful, and angry for the way you've been treated. Fathers, understand your own need of forgiveness first. That'll go a long way in forgiveness and peace in your home. Did you know, and I'll close with this, did you know that, a, that if a child attends church with her mom, I mean, that's, that's pretty great, you know, maybe some of you grew up that way, and mom brings you to church, you may always make sure you're there, and that's terrific. You'll be 30% more likely to go to church as an adult because your mom, went, she, didn't, she didn't just send you, like put you on a bus, she went with you, right? So mom goes with you, 30% more likely to attend church one day. If a child attends church with only their father, now remember, mom, 30%, but if a child attends church with only their father, they're 70% more likely to attend church as an adult, more than twice, because dad was there. Now, if mom and dad both go, you're ahead of the curve. You're about 80% more likely now, some of you are going to have circumstances like myself, and you're going to say, well, what about my kid? I, you know, but mom and dad both go to church and take the kids to church, and you practice that in your home. 80% more likely to attend church 
in the future. But what is the single most important feature of children attending the faith of their fathers one day? It's because fathers were engaged in church, in the lives of the children, in the things of the Lord. Lord, give us smart dads who know the value of giving personal attention to God's Word and attendance to the worship of God. Smart dads not only tell us how to live, they show us. There are fathers within the sound of my voice who think they're pretty clever. You'll be able to outsmart the old preacher because this old book is outdated. You know, you got to get with the times and we got to have general neutral versions and all kinds of other perversions. But those little white lies aren't fooling anyone. Your wife has seen through it for years. Your children are beginning to pick up on it. Smart dads learn the lessons of this old book, and they seek to lead their family accordingly. Men, you don't have time to make all the mistakes yourself. You don't have time to learn all the lessons on your own. You just don't. So if you read this book, you'll learn, by the way, you'll probably learn from more illustrations of failures than successes. But you'll learn from the failures and successes of others before you because you know you don't have time to do it all yourself. We need dads. We need men. People who are willing to look into God's Word as an objective answer to the issues of life.